Welcome to Aw oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Woo, yeah! Heck yeah, we're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming at ya. Uh, we're more enthusiastic. It's not the morning. It's not yeah. a morning recorded this time. <laughs> we're awake. Where it takes us a while to warm it up. <laughs> uh, we're jazzed. But we have a great uh, episode for you. We're going to be touching on the story, um, the BPRD story, Born Again, which is actually part of a bigger story. We'll get to the details in regards to that momentarily, Uh because we have to get to a segment that we love. I think everybody loves it. It's (laughs) Oh Boy Email. (laughs) The drum solo came out this time. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Uh, We got two great emails we're going to cover today. Our first one comes from the originator of the crapper's nickname, Drew Campbell. Uh, this email is titled Dr. Craps Experiment. Oh, Drew. Ooh, he's slipping it Drew, in there. Drew, you got it. You got it in there. Great pun work on yeah, crap. I like it. Crap. I appreciate the work. <laughs> uh, he says, hey, crappers, great episode. Yay. I really enjoyed your discussion with Ethan Baird. His enthusiasm, enthusiasm was great to hear. And I loved his Hellboy Day story. Yeah, very yeah. cool when he got to meet uh, Mignola and then get interviewed. His his day was perfect. Yeah, for real. And he says, so cool. I had never heard of Hellboy News. I'll have to go check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially, you know, we are like the old, I guess we're a little, we love it. I feel like we are enthusiastic about this stuff, but we're a little more, uh, I wouldn't say cynical. We're just a little more just like, I don't know how. I guess we're curmudgeons, but we also love this yeah. stuff. We do love it, but we also are sleepy. We're sleepy. <laughs> we're sort of just blunt at times. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely check out Hellboy News and Ethan Baird um, for enthusiastic, just unabashed love, naked for it enthusiasm. All. And I think that's Hellboy. a good thing you need in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Deservingly so, but and we just don't have the energy to to get it out. Sometimes, sometimes we have the sometimes energy. Sometimes we do. And sometimes we're just. We just don't love everything. Sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he is a—he was a joy to meet and to discuss um, Doctor Carp's experiment with. Yeah, that was, was wonderful. Great. And I think isn't Carp? Did we? Did somebody already correct us on the pronunciation of Carp? It's a little oh, or was that possibly. just uh, Todd in the Toad? Definitely Todd Toad. I thought Carp was me. Maybe it's in this email. I can't remember. Uh, Let's just call it. Somebody Dr. remind us, and with another hundred emails about how he pronounced <laughs> the guy's name wrong, he continues to say, "I love Doctor Carp's experiment. Whenever I see the name Doctor Carp, I always read it as Doctor Crap. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a missed opportunity for a one-liner from Hellboy. Eh. Yeah, I'll never understand how Mike Mignola can pack so many awesome things into a story this short. On a side note, I highly recommend the Dark Horse Point of." Ha- Point, the Dark Horse Book of Hauntings, as well as all the other Dark Horse Book of Collections. They are some really good stories in all of them. I'll have to definitely check those out. I don't even know. Have you read any of those or been seen those collections at all, Kate? I mean, just from just the cover from like the wiki about this, about Dr. Carp's experiment, it had like the original cover with like, it's like super pulpy with like a skeleton. Yes. And a guy holding a candelabra and like the like lady kind of backing away. 
It looks very cool. It just looks, it looks like it should be yeah, on like a paperback novel. Yeah, yeah. I've never, yeah, I would like to, tr- I don't know if they collect them. You guys should let us know. I can definitely Google it, but we like hearing from you guys. Um, but that'd be a cool thing to check out as those yeah. Dark Horse Presents collections. And then he go, he continues and he says, by the way, I love the Christmas Carol Bob Marley thing. That, yeah, we went on a Bob Marley. <laughs> oh my Marley, God. <laughs> Marley, Jacob Marley run, you know, because we're dumb. <laughs> we're dumb comedians. Bob There's Marley, plenty of potential there for some funny stuff. He says, also, I agree that the Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the best versions. Dude, Hell it's yeah. so good. It's one of the best. It makes yeah. me, there's a song on it. I think it's the song from uh, Christmas Present. Mm-hmm. Um, that ghost like i can't remember the song it's like the sound of something is the sound of christmas oh yeah that song i just sing wherever jo- you find love it feels like <laughs> that's christmas. making me cry it's my eyes are getting watery right now i mean because it brings that song brings me so much it's joy it's so beautiful <laughs> it's such a beautiful movie sincerely like i have this is being 100 percent genuine i've never been more sincerely in love with like a bo- I swear I love that movie yeah, so much. I love that song. It's a song that I can turn on any time of the year and it will make me cry, as it just did while I talked about it with you. Now you know for that to utilize it as an actor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Go to that place. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also says, but go back and watch it again. The Marley brothers' names are Jacob and Robert. I've always loved that they snuck that joke in without ever drawing attention to it. That is very funny. It's that Bob. is very funny. Never really. So stupid. Bob Marley was in the Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol. They got it, the joke first. Just everybody at Jim Henson, like all like old hippie stoners, probably just like giggling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all high and giggling. <laughs> I love that. That's a good call. I don't know. Probably as a kid, I just never. No, even I never would have registered it. it at all. That's funny. Great. And he says, finally, on the subject of time travel movies, I have to recommend my favorite time travel movie. It's a low-budget independent movie film called Primer about a couple of guys who, while working on an engineering pro- engineering projects in the garage, accidentally discover a way to travel back in time. I'm a huge fan of Primer. I've seen it. Cool. I don't know if you have you seen it before, Kate. No, it's on. I can rent it for four bucks though. It is a great. Is this movie. it from 2004? Um, or is you, it older than that? It's. I think it's somewhere around the 2000s. Somewhere around there? Okay. Is it have like a, a Oh, yeah. This is, a, I'm reading the description and it's about time travel. Yes. I'm going to pop it right on the old watch list. Couple cool things. One, it's a great movie. It. I will tell you right now, I love the movie. The science in it, as I even in rewatches, I, it goes over my head. But it's interesting enough that it's very entertaining. I mean, I don't need the science. You know, if the science made sense to me, it would... Then I would be time traveling. And I'm exactly. And also time travel. uh, I don't know. Sometimes time travel, you just have to like let it go because it gets so complicated. I mean, Avengers Endgame. I'm like, they just gave the simplest rules. And I'm like, great. Let's just do that. Let's just hop on from there. (laughs) I literally before I came over here was watching the second Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Hell yeah. uh, That has time travel. Yeah, it has time travel. And like literally as they're explaining how it works, Austin's like Basil Exposition is like. You know what? Just like you, maybe you shouldn't worry about it and just enjoy the ride. And then he, Mike Myers, looks right into the camera and is like, "That goes for you at home as well." Like, <laughs> I feel like that's every joke stupid. now when you deal with time travel. It's like, yeah, just take what we give you and then fucking this let the rest a, go. This is a narrative device, and we don't know how to do this. Okay, <laughs> it's, time travel is too complicated. That's why it will probably never exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, also with primer. I'm lucky enough that one of the actors in it 
I met through my acting school. Oh, cool. Or my acting classes out here in LA. His name's David Sullivan. Really nice guy. Cool acting That's coach when he's subbed in our class. And he's like now on like, what's that show, uh, that HBO show that I made you spoil for, or somebody else has spoiled it for me. Barry? It wasn't you. Not Barry. The Sharper sharper Objects. Oh, Sharp Objects. Sh- uh, sharper Objects. Damn, like, <laughs> you got that spoiled? Yeah, but I don't care. I asked them to that spoil That sucks. It. I liked it. I liked Sharp I heard, Objects. Yeah, but I was like, I knew I was never going to watch it. So I just yeah. said, tell me the very end. And it was somebody yeah. who had just finished it and they wanted to talk about it. I was like, just oh, talk cool. to me about it. What fun to spill those beans. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, cool. Sounds great. Damn. Um, so I know, you'll I know, never watch it. I know never. who the killer is. It was the <gasps> not going to say it, uh, <laughs> but he's on that. He's a very, and he's That's also, cool. yeah, he's a cool guy. What's and it was name? very fun to name David Sullivan. It was very cool to meet him. Um, cause I like geeked out. I, I like in the middle of class cause he was teaching her class. I wanted so badly to be like, I love primer, but I had to be like, be pro- yeah, professional in class and just take notes and so forth. That's and then so when funny. I bumped into him after that class in public at an audition, I was like, Hey man, I really was like holding it together, but I have to tell you, I'm a huge fan of primer. You're great. Blah, I bet blah, he blah. loved that. <laughs> He's very nice. Yeah. I bet he was like, um, I bet how could he not be nice? So Drew. I'm with you. Primer is a great time travel movie. It's very creepy and interesting. And uh, everyone should watch it if um, if you're into that kind of thing. And he says, I won't give away any details, but it's the most realistic depiction of time travel I've ever seen. And it's really well done. Check it out. He's totally cool. right. And he I says, will. till next time. I love you. Oh, we love you too. <laughs> Little spoiler for the end. <laughs> the killer was not going to tell you. It's so dumb. <laughs> Great. Our next uh, email is going to be from the compet- the competing nickname um, man himself, um, Mr. Richard Mark Pitaway. Nice. We like to call him Professor Pitaway. Yeah. And he calls us the Hellcasters. So we got two nicknames in contention, but you know what? We like them both. And whichever one wins, we're going to get on a leather jacket. <laughs> And yeah. just ride around town. Like the T-Birds from Greece? Yeah. Greece? Uh-huh. <laughs> just like that. Or are, are they the T-Birds? I forget. I don't know T-Birds, Greece well. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the pink ladies. There you go. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll wear the pink ladies. One. <laughs> <laughs> nice or maybe which one would be Hellcasters, I feel like. Which one would be the leather and which one would be the pink? Hellcasters or crappers? I mean, it's funnier that crappers is on pink, right? I think so. I and then Hellcasters is like traditional, like on leather and like maybe in flames. Yeah, maybe. And crappers is in a cute pink jacket. Crappers. <laughs> crappers seems tougher than Hellcasters almost. Hellcasters is definitely cooler, but like if I maybe saw I'm wrong. Maybe a motorcycle hel- guy with like crapper. Yeah, you're right. Like, Maybe it's better happening? the other way of like crappers and flames and on a badass like like studs and shit. Yeah. And then Hellcasters is cute and pink. I mean, we have to decide because I'm making these jackets. <laughs> That's the one merch we'll make is those two jackets. $400 leather jackets. <laughs> the most expensive merch. We have to shut the podcast down because oh, yeah. of the cost it took us just That's to make That's all my merch. money. <laughs> I don't even have that money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his email is no subject. So here we go. Dear Hell Hellcasters, sorry for being silent for a bit. 
I finally landed a new job and have been doing all the various things that are involved in starting up. Yay. Great Good for, for you. you Jobs are great. Keep work. Uh, work. Congrats. But in honor of finally getting some direct love from Dave this week, I thought <laughs> I'd catch up on all the comments in my mental notebook. I think he's talking about the, the last episode. Yeah. I recorded a, an outro because I had to amend like a, little, a section that we intended to be in part of a bigger podcast, but because we needed to go on a respite. Yeah. We had to, I had to make it make do. Makes sense. So they got a little love directly from me. (laughs) It's not going to happen again, but I will tell you who the murderer is. It is not going to tell you. Uh oh. (laughs) Dark waters. Not a lot to say here, but I did want to comment on one thing you mentioned in passing since historical views on witchcraft was a research paper of mine once. Of course it was, Professor Pitaway. Good. (laughs) You were talking about how old world witches might be good or bad, but these were certainly innocent being preserved by divine power from the smell of it. He says, ha, the thing to remember about the Salem witch trials in, in specific is that they were all innocent. The entire incident was a giant mess of a thing, and modern scholars theorize that it was a result of ergot poisoning. Ergot? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't on know grains. On the oh, let's say that again. They had like grains. They had like grains that they saved up in a silo, and then this like mold grew on it, and they were all tripping balls on fucking ergot. Like, and then they thought out. that response to that fungus. Yeah, they made were them like, think that we had had witches attack us. Yeah, well, they were. So, or, the girls were like, we saw the devil dancing up and down on the. Oh, room. you know, like they okay. saw all this crazy shit. They were fucking. So they were just doing like. They're just tripping on shrooms or something, basically. <laughs> Grain shrooms. Uh, like, really, like, really, like, this psychedelic reaction to, I mean, probably the whole town eating that fucked up grain. Right. But like, you know, you got to take it out on a woman. Yeah, of course. You got to blame. Culturally, you got to blame I got too high. Blame the woman. I got too high. And also my cow died. So guess what? We're hanging a bunch of local chicks. And they were on their periods. <laughs> so who do we blame? The fucking women. Stupid. Puritan <laughs> assholes. Assholes. And he says, ergot is a fungus that can grow inside the seeds of wheat and barley. Mm. And you may be more familiar with ergot from the concentrated hallucinogenic compound produced from its start. From it starting in the mid 20th century, uh, lysergic acid diethylamide. LSD? It's, yeah, or LSD. Sure. I'm just pronouncing that fucking terrible. Lucy in I'm the sky with diamonds. I mean, oh, yeah, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> that, is that, did they confirm that that's what that, that I'm stands sure for? it is. John Lennon said Love that it's based drugs. on his son having a dream, I think. Yeah, your son meaning your liar. brain. Yeah. Because that's what you probably called your brain. He got ergot poisoning and then he made That's that not true. Up. He never called his brain his son. <laughs> son and brain. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> this isn't that pot, is it? <laughs> Let's call Will Hines back <laughs> yeah. here so we can talk about the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out his podcast. Yeah. So combining the fact that most of the witnesses in those trials were teenage girls and teenagers never make up anything just to get attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was sarcastic. Parenthood. Parenthetical sarcasm. Yeah. Who may have had some good drugs to help along their imagination, combined with the traditional witch interrogation methods like pressing, 
stacking heavy stones on the accused so they either confess or die, killing the suspect before confession, which is traditionally considered a sign of innocence, which is fucking bonkers. Yeah. I will never be able to wrap my head around that stuff. We can say it is likely there were no witches in Salem. Yes, you're 100% right. But maybe in the world, I think mainly what we were talking about is maybe in the world of Mignolaverse, where their witches do exist. Not to say that there's people I've literally met. I went on a date in Utah from a woman with a witch, not a witch, but her mother was a wicked. So, oh, okay. There I you met go. what people could, that yeah, are witches. I mean, Wiccans are just like nature rules, right? Like, isn't yeah, that I Wiccan? mean, I don't know all of the, I don't know to ins the ins and outs of, of it either, but it's like, oh, you burn sage and you like, it's like every other lady in LA is like, you know, leaving stones outside to charge in the moon and stuff like that. Hell yeah. It's I like, mean, right shit. on. I guess crystals you just have, like nature. <laughs> you are right. And crystals have become so popular. We're all fucking witches now. Yeah. Meditation, fucking witchcraft. It's just getting centered. It's anything that's not your like puritanical Christianity is going to oh, be, worship a big it's going to be witchcraft. Yeah. Craft, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You are a hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah, we fart on all I that stuff. I farted right on. Sorry, it. there goes half our list. Put my butt right up on the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yeah, that was her butt on a microphone. Sorry, everybody. I guess go burn me. <laughs> I like this aggression. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's late at night. <laughs> and then he continues. He says, You guys did mention the Mighty Python scene about witches, and I wanted to point out that that scene was based on true events. The theory ran that if you were lighter than a Bible, you must be in good standing with God. I'm laughing because they is always just so need women silly. to be so skinny. Yes. Which is weird because motherfucking so, patriarchy. Wasn't there a point where it was like wealth meant you like if you were thicker meant you were wealthy? Yeah. That's yeah. changed over time. So many weird little ways. Women got I mean, women over time have got it worse. Of course. I mean, yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Sad. Yeah. You could afford more food. So you were like thicker. Yeah. Wild. And they liked it. He says, remember, these are handwritten texts on vellum, V-E-L-L-U-M, Yeah, for the most part. So they were quite heavy. There was a place in Scandinavia, Oslo, I think, but it's been too long, so don't quote me, uh, where you would be weighed officially and receive a certificate of being not a witch. (laughs) So fucking crazy. Bummer. So what, you had to hit the fucking treadmill to come back and then they'd declare you not a witch? It's just a, a way witch? to like kill old crazy ladies in your town. It's like a way to yeah. be like, it's I don't genocide. like that old woman. She's just obnoxious to me. You know what? Let's get her out of, the, let's fucking get her out of this town. She she looks like she weighs more than a Bible. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Obviously only the fabulously wealthy could afford this. Yeah. But it was a way of protecting yourself from overzealous priests armed with accusations from your rival houses in a melee's malefactorum. Malefactorum? Oh, I don't know. Can you try that, Gate? Okay. Malleus maleficarum? Maleficarum? I'm saying you nailed it. (laughs) The standard text on which... Whoa, a portal's opening in your studio. (laughs) You gave us a fucking spell. (laughs) Professor Pinaway tricked us. (laughs) We're getting sucked into a portal. Uh, We're recording from another dimension. (laughs) Hopefully we get back. (laughs) (laughs) That is an actual standard text on on witch hunting, translated as hammer of witches in Latin. Sick. Wow. 
Well, that went longer than I intended. This is his email, not me. That's okay. But it's a fascinating subject, especially since it all stems from a mistranslated passage in the Bible. When it was translated from Greek, they translated, Thou shalt not suffer a poisoner to live, to the common word for poisoner at the time, witch. There was no magic involved, and a lot of independent-type ladies were killed because of it. Fucking of course. Yeah, dude. Or I would say mistranslation, probably just a fucking Intentionally dude. Intentionally mistranslate. Yeah. Yes. Intentionally mistranslate. Just being like, I bet that could mean this other shit, too. Yeah. People are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. But that is a great. All of that. But is it is very interesting. Very interesting. I will read all about it. Thank you, Professor. Yeah. And then he continues, because his emails are fucking epic. Yeah. Dr. Carp's experiment. Isn't time travel fun? I love all <laughs> Did I deliver that good? Yeah. <laughs> I love all the commentary about the set design in this story. Very fun and starts a rally and a uh, rally interesting conversation on time travel. Yeah. One mistake that you kept repeating was that Dr. Carp was born in 1836 but um, disappeared in 1902. Sorry. Whoops. Um, How do we fuck that up? It was like 16 pages long. I don't know. Not maybe. even. He he did he did not go missing in 1836, so he was a ripe old 66. He oh. did go miss. Did he go? So now, were we saying he's born or went disappearing? I, I mean, I never listened to our episodes again after I. I edit trust them. him, and I don't trust. I us. trust you. We got something wrong. Yeah, right. but I think what you're trying to say is that he did not. It says he did not. He wasn't born in 1836. He dis, but disappeared in 1902. He did not go missing in 1836. He was a ripe old 66 when he pulls Hellboy back in time. Got it. And gets himself killed. Okay. That makes sense. He was born. He looked old, right? Born in 1836. Cool. Okay. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. You can correct us again if I got your, <laughs> if I got your fucking Correct us on wrong. your correction. Yeah. Which is fine. I understand. Sometimes we get, we just get, sometimes you just get really excited about what you're talking about and I yeah, mess and it up. Yeah, and you just split I'm it out. guilty of that. Yeah. So he says, now Me I too. wanted to point out that my own interpretation of the story just to get you guys thinking. What if doctor, what if the good doctor started the ritual in 1902 and the room was in a state of magical flux until Hellboy walked in? Then his sister may have simply never known what happened to her missing brother and she walled up the door since she couldn't open it. Open it. Only Hellboy could open the door, completing the ritual and being stuck back in time to the moment of the beginning of the ritual. Right. Dr. Carp tested his blood and after it all goes wrong, everything snaps back to its proper time. Hellboy returns to the present and Dr. Carp uh, ETL flashback to 1902 where the room ages in isolation due to the interference of the ritual. No particular reason. I like this explanation, but I thought I'd, I'd share it with you guys for fun. Yeah, I like that. I don't remember what we said, but I thought I always thought, yeah, it must have been. Because he has to like, if that's like the loop that he started, it like would make sense that it couldn't happen without him. So it would have to wait for him. Like, I think that's what he's kind of saying. Like, it's like almost pause. I think he's right. It's nowhere. Yeah. I just can't remember what we said. I can't Earlier. remember either. Yeah. And that's just fine. So that's <laughs> so then I'm hearing this now and it sounds completely I'll right. I'll go back and read it with that in mind. Yeah, I'll totally read it. Because I can make that that makes sense to me that he sealed himself in in order to make the ritual so he knew that he could get through it. Yeah. Um 
and then the daughter or the wife just, or sister just yeah. sealed up the the wall, thinking because yeah. she couldn't get in. Like, oh, he's gone. But then I'm also like, there's that just throws. There's so much in these time travel things because I'm like, yeah. how much do they know about Hellboy? Is you know what I mean that he's the only one that can get in, or is it just magical? So that the spell meaning he can, he's the only one that can enter the room. Yeah, it's for a short story. A ways to there's a lot it. in there. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, you definitely got us thinking. It's rich. And it makes me want to pull up the story right now. Yeah. Should we just change this episode to <laughs> yeah. another episode of Dr. Carp's uh, Experiment? To revisit Dr. Carp's Experiment. <laughs> uh, but he says, also, fun fact, the officious, officious, oh, I'm sorry, I'm fucking up your email. What's that word? Uh, I think you're right. Officious? 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 Oh, sorry. Also, fun fact. The officious redheaded agent does not does get a name, but not unlike the ghoul where she is identified as Pauline Raskin. Okay. No, but not until. I'm gonna reread that sentence real quick because I I'm gonna let up. you know, officious assertive of authority in an annoyingly domineering way, especially with regard to petty or trivial matters. Thank you. Wow, what a word. Also, fun fact, the officious redheaded agent does does get a name, but not until the ghoul where she is identified as Pauline Raskin. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's we're going definitely chronologically. So that we might be meeting people like this that don't get yeah, names don't until have, later. Like, characters. Similar to uh, Lobster Johnson's assistant. Yes. He definitely is going to get a name. We haven't heard it yet. And he says, again, unimportant, but I love the minor characters that are integral to these stories for the depth they bring. Totally. There's a lot of depth in building, uh, world building. And sometimes it does take, it's like a beginning of a movie, you know? Not every character is just, it'd be boring if every movie when a character was introduced was like, this is so-and-so. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get that information until a little bit later. Yeah. Keeps it's you like wanting more. It's like not all more. fed to you, yeah. Yeah, thank God, right? Yeah. And then he says, Night Train, another great Lobster Johnson-related story i love that the lobster and roger have a special bond yeah it's very cool yeah although he seems attached to the broader bprd rather than just him he also has unfinished business like all the ghosts but his is different than theirs and i love how this was portrayed by having his spirit be a different color than everyone else's oh yeah yeah it's something i yeah now he's recalling it yeah it was definitely a dave stewart gave him a different color tone awesome Awesome catch yeah. in detail to call out as being a representation of that as if they have a different purpose. One thing about Roger, though, he's an empty vessel. It is talked about later in BPRD storyline, but it's hinted at here. So I'll say my piece on it. Ooh, he's alluding to stuff. Sure. He was made as a container for energy. Since he has no soul to draw from, he has a tendency to absorb character traits and attitudes from those around him. In this story, he has internalized a lot of the guilt from others. But at the end, he starts to draw strength from Liz and her care for him. Know, cool. cool. I like that. Very cool detail to, to call out. And we can he's keep like our eye on He's like an empath, but he's just a big jar. <laughs> a big jar of, a big jar man. of emotion. Of herbs and blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, cool. I like that. That is very cool. Thank you for that little detail. Yeah. It will definitely enrich our, our further stories with Roger, I believe. Yeah. Cool. And he says, there's something under my bed. This is Wow. Just wow. <laughs> this is like if they made the BPRD into a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it's really goofy. It, and wonky. Very goofy. Um, I've been told those aren't a thing anymore, but I always loved the real Ghostbusters growing up. 
Is he meaning there's no more Saturday morning cartoons, really? I guess not. I, I'd have to. They have like so many channels of constant cartoons. I guess yeah, it's like. Yeah, that makes who sense. Who gives a fuck? You can just find a cartoon anytime. Any old time you want. Man, it's interesting that like. <sighs> I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, we're a hundred years old. Like before you had to wait. I mean, it was that school. portal that we fucking opened. Oh, man. So. Now we're both stuck dusty in Dusty bones. <laughs> but things have just changed. Yeah. yeah. But. Saturday morning cartoons were just a different, different era. It was very fun. But I remember the real Ghostbusters. I didn't watch all of them, but I remember wishing I, I don't remember. I think they were on, on CBS Saturday mornings. You guys could I remember watching that. it. I remember being thoroughly confused that the characters looked so different. Yeah. They I looked, was like, didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I still watched it. And Vakeman was not Vakeman. Vakeman's Bill Murray. Egon was so cool looking. Yeah. He had like the blonde, the wisp blonde, hair. like curl. Yeah. The like, it was so weird. <laughs> I was like, this character design is so wildly different. He's not a nerd. He looks Even like as he a little gets- kid. I was like, what the fuck are these? They're so, what? These are the same as the moot, like, you know. And that there's another cartoon that the Ghostbusters isn't even related to that was before the Ghostbusters from the 80s. Do you know that? What? There's this, if you look it up, you can. Is that go- movie based on a cartoon? No, I don't think that movie's based on anything, but there's a cartoon. It might have been in the 80s called The Ghostbusters. That's, see, so the cartoon, you know how you point out it's called The Real Ghostbusters? Yeah. It's called The Real Ghostbusters because there was another oh, cartoon called Ghostbusters. I see it. I, I mean, I could be wrong about if it's related to the movies or not, but that one is wild. They fight monsters like straight up traditional, like Dracula and Frankenstein in that. And it I mean, has, like, it looks crazy like a, time. It looks like a similar to Scooby Doo kind of clone yes. sort of a thing, but it has like this big monkey that was also yep, like a gorilla a, character. And they had phones that were like skulls that would be like, call and stuff. It looks kind of cool. It, from what I remember, the little I've seen of it's cool. But then I went down, and I would highly suggest go down like a big, like uh rabbit hole of just reading about it. Yeah. It like gets into fucking time travel because the two characters aren't the original Ghostbusters either. They're the sons of the original Ghostbusters. So the series is about the sons, but then it's like about how like their fathers are tra- trapped by the old, the villains. And so it's, it, there's a whole thing of time travel in that cartoon series. You should go down like, this is wild. Dude. <laughs> go down and read about it. You'll everybody listeners. It's a fun fucking read. Just, if not to watch it, read about it. It's wild. It seems like a very complicated cartoon, actually. But back to this email. This is back to the real Ghostbusters growing up. He says, when we got a few seasons in at the Blockbuster where I worked, I watched them again as adult, and they do not hold up well. I'm not surprised. There's a lot of things like that yeah. that don't hold up. Since you only have 30 minutes minus commercials to tell a story, they're extremely formulaic and do not explain anything. <laughs> I'm not surprised. yeah. yeah. You as a viewer are just supposed to accept whatever they throw at you and don't look too closely. That's how confusing I, as shit. Yeah, very confusing. And that's what he says. He says, that's how I feel this story is. Meaning uh, there's something under my bed. Oh, the kid keeps the one monster? Cool. We definitely yeah. called that out. That probably won't even ever be a problem since he was a good monster in the episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. He says, why are the monsters stealing children? Because they are scary monsters. It doesn't work in the broader context of this genre. I just kind of ignore it when thinking about the Mignola-verse. Totally. Every, yeah, I think every, that's about as much thought as you should yeah. give to it, I think. And I think that just like is everything. Anything that's world building or bigger universe there's parts of it you just gotta go that's part of it but i don't care especially once yeah once you start 
adding people like different writers contributing to it and like kind of thinking like, oh, this is my interpretation of the world around this character. Like you get you get some weird shit like out of left field like that. Yeah. And you're always going to have those downfalls that just happens and hopefully people learn from it. And I think yeah. this is an example they most likely did learn it from. Seems it seems like Scott Alley is really open to that, where he's like, "We're really figuring it out," and there was no like exact clear path as to what we were gonna do with BPRD. Like you kind of get that sense from reading these ones, where it's like, "Yeah, they're just taking stabs and seeing what we're," you know. And like I would assume, and like I have heard that it becomes like really cool and cohesive, like as we go. But it's like right now, it's like. You can see which ones are working and which ones aren't for sure. Totally. Yeah. And I think that I'm going to use to beat this discussion into the ground. I'm going to use the Marvel universe as another example of that. Yeah. Um, spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, you can try to skip ahead, but you know what? They <laughs> Russo brothers lifted the fucking spoiler ban. But in the movie <laughs> with the time travel that they do, yeah, they go back and explore one of the movies that, <laughs> That that people consider the one of the worst Marvel movies. The two being like Incredible Hulk, people don't like, and that is definitely a sore spot in the Marvel universe. Yeah, and then Thor too. But it's very funny. I watched Kevin Smith talk about Endgame and how he called out like it's so funny that that in Endgame they chose like they chose the Avengers, which people love, to yeah. go back to. They chose the first Guardians to go back to, what people love. Yeah, but then the other one they fucking chose to go back to is a movie that. Most fans and critics pan, yeah, which is Thor: Dark World. But there's something so funny about that. He calls as like they're making you want to now go back and rewatch it, yeah, because it is like I mean, it, I rewatched all of them leading up to Endgame. I don't need to go back and watch it again because yeah, I remember most you've of it. Seen it. But I think it's very funny that they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go with that one that nobody liked because we can find a heart in it." For they him could to meet just his yeah, wife, they found inspiration for it. Like it's just yeah, it is very funny to be like, "This is all up for grabs, all on the table. We can use all of the source material." It's very, it's it's great. But it's like that's a part where it's like it might be there. But there could be down the line in Marvel in itself, just the comic books, and there's probably other examples. Yeah. There's no that like you look back at the older eras and you might find like an issue where like that's a silly fucking character. Yeah. Like go back and read original Fantastic Four when you meet like Diablo and a couple other characters you're like what the fuck these characters when you first meet them are silly yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even Inhumans is somewhat silly even though I love it. I mean, right? yeah, you got to think about like the audience at that time and like who Stanley like thought he was making comics for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he probably never could have predicted that it would become so huge and that like grown adults are all like, you know, about everybody's it. way. Yeah. All about it. But then you get writers later on that will go back and dig into those and then revamp those yeah, characters, cool. bring them back and yeah, it'll celebrate like Sandman that. or like, sw like swamp thing and shit like that. Like these are kind of just like older characters, like the, their redos kind of made them huge. I yeah, think. I agree. Yeah. So maybe I'm just saying, I mean, with the ending recently, it just occurred with the end of BPRD and it just like officially ended. Maybe down the line there's a reboot and we get, you know, someone makes this these monsters from there's something under my bed. Yeah, into something quality. And great. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. I mean, I'm not putting money on it. <laughs> <laughs> they should try to make a good, like a really, really faithful Hellboy movie first, I think. Uh, God, can we please yeah. get that? God. I Like there's a part of me that's a 
audacious that I wish I could do it. I wish I could like in the next 10 years become a, 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 a brilliant director, a, a good, just uh, a good director. That's yeah. all I want. Capable. And then be able to pull off Hellboy. That's such a pipe dream since I've had like one, I've only directed three short films. Hey, put it out into the world. <laughs> rub, rub a crystal and think about it. God, uh, I would love, I'd love to get the chance. <laughs> or give him an animated version as we keep talking about. Yeah. That's stop motion or Fucking like yeah. Spider-Verse. Like a Kubo on the two strings version would be so like you can really sick. Let it get weird and visual like it yeah. needs to be. Um, and he says, I've rambled on for quite long enough. So have we just now. So, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Come on. You we can't don't. out-ramble us, uh, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> we're the big, we're the ramblers. We're the ramblers around here. <laughs> so I'll cut it off and put the movie in its own email because I have a lot to say about it. Can't wait to read about that. Yeah, we can't wait excited. to hear from a lot of you about your thoughts on the movie, especially... Yeah. And don't be scared if you liked it. I like, I don't, yeah. Liking we, something is subjective and it's fine. Like yeah. you're allowed to like something. Just cause we didn't like it. Doesn't mean we want to not hear about how, what you liked about yeah. it. Fuck. I still want to get Doug Tate on here who played a Gura God. I would love to just sit down and be like, how do you start developing a character that's not human? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like cool. what's that process? Is it just putting on the costume or not? <laughs> Did I pronounce that character's name incorrectly again? Graugak? Graugak. I think. I did pronounce it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, as always, love to you and yours, Professor Pitaway. Oh. He says, P.S. I had to pause the podcast and laugh for a full minute after you called me that. Aw. <laughs> very sweet. Anyone who We has, mean it. <laughs> yeah, we very much mean it. You smart. Me dumb. <laughs> yeah, we're listening to you now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has spent time in the service knows you accumulate nicknames over time. The only one I was given twice by different units was Professor. That's no crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> once in Afghanistan and once in Korea. So thank you once again for the nickname. That's you fucking cool. earned it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking honestly, earned it. <laughs> it must you, be. I mean, you're consistent then. Yeah, people you're find you. Yeah, people find that to be a proper nickname th- throughout lo- many channels. So it's yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah, professor. It fits. We're yeah. happy to know you. <laughs> thank you for your service. Yeah, we're gonna take a brief break, and then when we return, we're gonna jump right into BPRD Born Again, tackling this first little section that was attached. To the pen, penegalian. I get on mic and I can't say it. But I swear to God, <laughs> off mic, I'm able to say you that. You did. You said it when I walked in. You were Ugh. like the penegalian. Oh my god, it's it's too much pressure on yourself. It really is. You're putting too much pressure but on yourself. We'll be back to discuss born again. <laughs> Hi, I'm Muriel. And I'm Nick. And we are the co-hosts of the podcast, Hella Hella in Your your 30s. This podcast is all about diets, hobbies. Never dying. Never dying. Fitbits. I'm going to try to moisturize my face more. Yeah, alcohol. Should we drink more or less? (laughs) Cheap Chipotle dates for two. We bring you hot episodes every Monday from Campfire Media. So make sure to subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yes, and we're jumping right into BPRD's Born Again, which was included as a backstory to the original Hellboy release of the Peninglin. Yeah, that's right. In March 2004, in Wizard Magazine number 148, 
uh, in the same story. That's correct. And a uh, story that we're looking at today, Born Again, was written by John Arcudi, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And yeah, 2004 in March is when we were looking at it. And and what's interesting about this, just I want to uh, call it out because yeah. people are probably going to, that are, have read ahead of us in the BPRD um, section of the, the pages of Hellboy know that this is actually part of a bigger story that's down the line. Yeah. Um, at least one major story after the next BPRD, which is the Plague of Frogs. This is, it, which is interesting because this is the prologue to a story called The Dead, BPRDs, which I find it interesting that this was attached to that Hellboy story. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was a prologue, but it wasn't the next upcoming BPRD, Plague of Frogs. It was the next one after that. I don't, I mean, I don't know how that happened. They, mu- they must have had like two stories ready or something. And maybe, maybe. we were just like, oh, we got to publish it. Like, who knows how like the back behind the curtain kind of shit for that works. Very true. Yeah. But we're going to read these in uh Publication, yeah, and publication chronological order, order chronological man. order, as if we're reading them again for the first time, yeah, <laughs> uh, or in this case for the first time, yeah, most likely, uh, bef- at least not on mic. I swear to God, we read them before. <laughs> 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 that would be excruciating, yeah, right. If we had not read them at all before we got on mic, <laughs> <laughs> we already kind of do sometimes, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it opens up. Well, first we get like this cool little like prologue page that has the your like BPRD heavy hitters with the little frog at the bottom. Yeah, which I'm assuming is was a an addition when they collected it. Yeah. It probably wasn't part of the actual original release, yeah. right? I like which the is, colors on that too though. It's cool. God, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's like a lot brighter than what I was used to like for Hellboy and BPRD covers. You know, it's pretty like pink and orangey kind of Yeah, it's very things. cool. It's cool. Dave Stewart. Yeah, man. Constantly, I continually, him and Mignola, I don't know how, but they're just perfect at what they do. Yeah. (laughs) And then, so, yeah, it opens up. We see some, like, tedious, kind of, like, monotonous ticking away until Roger smashes through this wall. Um, Abe's like, hey, like, I'm trying to maintain structural integrity of this cave we're in, guy. Uh, but, it was, you know, basically it would have taken all night. So you get to see this, like, conflicting kind of uh, approaches to their work that yeah, very good. Abe and Roger have. But regardless, they're through the wall. So we go ahead. Johan's taking the lead on that. And we he steps into this cavern with this crazy skeleton stuck in the rock here. The skeleton really, again, I think we've already mentioned this before in a reference, but this alien, particularly, especially a head, yeah. um, looks like v- classic alien design that we've seen, I think, in a lot of pulp stuff. Yeah. But very much the alien, it reminds me of the alien from Aliens. Yeah, like the xenomorph. Xenomorphs kind of or things. the ones they find in the big ship, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. And also... Another reference would be the Indiana and Jones and the Crystal Skull, the aliens that the skull oh that they god, actually have. That's is, right. And it's super dumb. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't seen that shit in so long. It comes up occasionally and I try to watch it just out of like I just remember I the refrigerator again? getting like he gets nuked, but he lives because he falls with in the fridge. Yeah, he hides in a fridge. That's the nuke. big thing I remember it's from that fucking movie. Fucking dumb. Yeah. It's like this isn't Indiana, it feels like a different and they now. were cranking it up for like Shia LaBeouf to come back and do it. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, though, 
I'll watch that refrigerator scene a hundred more times uh-huh. versus watching the scene where his mutt, I think is what the, f- it's like mutt or something is the, is Shia LaBeouf's character. Him oh, coming man. back and them getting in like a fight with like sailors and like greasers is fucking terrible. Just what a, what a movie. Let's return to the yeah. pages of something great. <laughs> back to born again. <laughs> so we get this cool skeleton. Wow, that looks like from Indiana Jones and the Christmas Girl. Oh, God, we go on a run. (laughs) If it said that, that'd be hilarious. Just in a circle, yeah. So they're like, they're in the... I do like this, his first statement, though, of Liz. Liz's comment on the skeleton is very funny. Yeah. So a Trinosaurus has been haunting the Chicago suburb. Yeah. (laughs) Just assuming that a giant skeleton would be a dinosaur. What we're looking at is ridiculous, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, they're not that old, um, you know, Johan, do your thing, check it out. He lets his, like, ectoplasm kind of self be imbued into these bones in the wall so they can mm-hmm. kind of figure out what the story is with this creature. Um, it's start, They start communicating with it. It understands, you know, tell us what binds your spirit here. He lets us know, the creature that is, lets us know that it was slain. Here cruelly by Shan Chin, and I stay here. I wait for you, and then he starts smashing out of the wall. Of course, oh yeah, this motherfucker. And now he looks so crazy and cool. Like he does have like these kind of amphibian like skeleton structures, but then he's got like this crazy sort of whippy tentacly kind of head. Yeah, and I love that combination of the bones and the um, ectoplasm. Yeah, that he's stolen awesome. from Johan. Yeah, it's really gross and cool. He's crashing he's, out of the, the the rock. Yeah, just like ripping his skeleton out of there. Slept for a thousand summers. Like he's he, like awesome, cool, like classic kind of Hellboy monster monologue of like, uh, you know, super heightened I language. I slept a thousand yeah. summers <laughs> and a thousand winters, but I am awake now, Sean Shin. And like, <laughs> yeah, even in this like different font, like it gives you like this really cool. It's like, oh, this thing doesn't sound human. It's like a booming, yes. crazy voice. His speech bubble. I love like how it's like. Yeah, how, all craggly. craggly crazy. Coloring is different. Yeah, it's really cool. And I yeah, the like kind of weird warmth of the like ectoplasm surrounding it in this like mm-hmm. otherwise cool cave area. Um, Abe g- quickly tries to shoot and is like, that's no good. Um, Liz, <laughs> Liz, could you light this guy on fire? But she's like, I don't want to kill everybody down here. Um, but like the Johan's ectoplasmic self is like being completely depleted. Like he's being sucked out like a little balloon. <laughs> and it's like, he's kind of looking saggy and sad. Roger tries to tries the rock method to just chuck a big rock. Gotta always try rock method. It works sort of, but not really. And then, you know, this creature keeps calling out for Sean Chin. Here I am. Here I am. Like, you know, calling out. I'll sing at sunrise. This is like all such, it's like gross and fucked up. He's like starting to look more material and like. Yeah. And it flows so well. Again, guy, like, God damn it. Guy Davis really knows how to like make his. He uses him differently than Mignola, yeah. for sure, because it's his own. But there's just such a flow of, like, where I never am lost on the action. It's like, he threw a rock. It pinned Roger. Next yeah. thing I know, he's moving forward, and he's also pinning Abe. It's fucking 
Yeah, it's his ca- action is really cool. But you get way. a feeling of that chaos that they're going through, but you're never lost. Yeah. Like the panels maintain kind of like a similar, like a pretty standard size. And only I think like Roger's rock kind of sticks up, like breaks that panel yeah. for a moment. But that's only to give you that sense of like lifting. Like a lot of the stuff he's doing is like has a practical purpose behind it as far as like tone of the story and stuff like that like it's he's just a really good artist he tells this action story really well and clearly and it's hard when you have that many characters plus a giant creature yeah to do in these little panels and he's just like super successful at it very yeah and making like johan look all like the saggy sad suit (laughs) yeah and like this creature, I will paint my face with the blood of your sons and your daughter's bellies will burst with my seed and the night sky will find me dancing like fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, And he's now, his ectoplasm is starting to fill up the, the skeleton part, more of it. Yeah, he's like and really filling out here. His like, yeah, his fucking gross arm bones being like surrounded. Abe is finally just like, you got to do it. Yeah. Like, do it now. We're being crushed. So, yeah, Liz lights him up. Giant whoosh. Engulfs him completely. Yeah, it's such a cool. It's almost like a fish head or something. Like, it's like a cool kind of creature design. Screaming and burning. And then, uh, look, that smoke. It's Johan. Like, luckily, the smoke, you know, Johan's ectoplasmic form is able to return back to the suit. And goes right into his fingertip. I yeah, love that. right into those little, like weird finger. Like this suit is such a fun, weird, simple thing. design though. Too. Yeah, it's like pretty straight. Yeah, it's a just reminds me of just like an old, like an antique diving suit or something like that. Yeah, with different like modifications. Some, yeah, yeah. So he's pretty much back to his old self. They kind of determine like Johan lets them know like who this Shonshin is. He's just a like an old native American shaman basically yeah, who must have like damned this creature to, you know, or trapped him in that area where he was. We see like cool, like remnants of like cave drawings. Roger holds up like while they're talking about the cave paintings, Roger holds up this like shape, a tool or something. Yeah. It's like almost like it looks to me almost like a cylinder. Or a Did jar. he pull it out of, so he must've pulled it, he pulls out, it out of, of the wall, the right wall there, there yeah. in the middle of this like painted rune kind of situation. And he's just like, Hmm. Yeah. Huh? His curiosity. And he's he like a cat. puts it in his little pocket. He doesn't tell anybody. So something tells me that's going to come back to bite him. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Abe's given the rundown to the, you know, the local military or like police or whatever just bag up those bones the bureau is gonna come by and pick those up and then i like this little just it's just like a little colorful exchange at the end of like liz checking in on johan are you okay and he talks about this weird sensation he never thought he'd had before i feel very warm which is fascinating yeah and that's it because he's just constantly cold he's just this like ethereal spirit he must just like either not feel temperature at all like he's neutral or he's like room temp which would be cold (laughs) i guess compared to being 98.6 or whatever and i like that it gets like not only is it the sun is coming up as they're like up here but it ends on as he says i feel very warm and he's like we get these nice warm yellow yeah yeah (laughs) he's like yeah a little steam comes out 
But yeah, you, you were saying about the back colors. Oh yeah, just just that it's like a warmer color. Like it's again like these yellows and kind of oranges, and just like punctuates that feeling that he's having. Like it feels that much warmer, literally in the panel. It's cool, which is very cool because. And that's literally the end of the story. Yeah, that's this it. This would have been the backstory. And it's just sort of, is it, it's a very traditionally, like, it feels like a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it's not complete. And you're like, oh, cool. I wonder, it would get me excited to read more of it. Yeah, it really, like, wets you for, it's like, it's like, you know, I, if I read that in Penanglin, I'd be like, I get a pretty good sense of what I'm looking at here. Like, at least enough to get interested in these characters and see like who the hell are these guys what do they have to do with each other like what you know i agree and but i also think that like there's a lot of cool further development character development for all four just in this couple of pages yeah we're seeing their dynamics with each other how they deal with each other on the field yeah and there's growth because like we're seeing now roger in his little action whatever that leads to he's sort of now becoming his own and he's possibly making mistakes just like any a human would do even though he's a homunculus. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing we're seeing more of the Abe in his his position of a leader, which you know what I mean, prior to this before Hellboy left, he was more of like in a sense we could see him as a sidekick. Yeah. I love that Liz he's is He's like a stoic straight man to Hellboy basically and yeah. now he's like in he's coming being into his a own. leader. Yeah, he's kind of got his own like he's l- clearly learned from Hellboy like you can kind of see that personality coming out more. Love that Liz is in a position of like Owning her power, which I love. is Yeah, she's, she's not, not like cowering or like afraid of herself anymore. Yeah, she's yeah. not a damsel in distress anymore. Yeah. She can use her power as she wishes. I mean, the only reason she doesn't use it is because she just knows how powerful she needs yeah, to take this thing like, down. Yeah, she doesn't want to accidentally kill everyone she loves again. Yeah, but it's not even accidental. It's just that she's like, hey, to take this fucker down, it's going to take a lot. I don't want to take you any of you with you. Yeah. Especially because Johan's attached to this fucking thing. Yeah, she has like an awareness of herself now yeah it's not oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be overcome (laughs) oh no i can't control it i love that and then this ending is so cool to see like a character who when we've up to this point have only been introduced to him is very briefly johan yeah and he is like not a body and him starting to now grow and in now his own form he's coming into another maybe development of his abilities his himself if he can start feeling things again but in this form yeah that's very interesting and who knows where they're gonna go with all of that yeah and it's i mean and it's so cool to like make to have the reader feel those feelings for a character that doesn't have a face you know what i mean Yeah. like he doesn't have any expression whatsoever you have to be like he has to be so expressive with like his body like that's why you get to have fun with the suit like him popping open the button to be like I'm warm. <laughs> like you can imagine what those facial features would be, you know, in a weird mm-hmm. way. Um it's really neat. Like it's cool all the characters are really becoming so distinct and like being fleshed out so much and are just as fun to read as Hellboy. 100% fun with as Hellboy. Yeah. It is the best. It's they finally found a way that I like reading these and we'll find out more as we read. And maybe this is just reiterating how I feel at this point with the Hellboy and BPRD. It's like Hellboy is its own. BPRD feels like its own thing, but they just, a, they really complement each other perfectly. Yeah. And I, ah, uh, and I can't believe that we're starting this just as BPRD officially just weeks ago officially ended. Ended. Yeah. And I can't like, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I have the issues and 
I'm going to probably read ahead somewhat, but God, this is going to be a fun walkthrough. Yeah. It's something that's so complimentary of itself and two journeys. Because one ended technically, I mean, you know this, this isn't a big spoiler. Technically, the Hellboy comic book ended, but then PBR, BPRD kept going. Right. And then Hellboy eventually comes back, I believe. I don't know all the details of that. I don't think that's a big spoiler. It's out in the world. No, yeah. And I would assume that would be the case. Um, But that's, God damn. I'm just, this makes me excited. Yeah. <laughs> it wor- It did its job for sure. Yes. Very well done. Any favorite panels or anything or dialogue or any final thoughts on I like, this? I mean, I like Liz lighting him up. Like you get this cool expression on the creature's face as he's like growling and at her. In the first like one that. with a yeah, whoosh? Yeah, yeah. With a whoosh. Of fire, like I like to see how the fire is like rendered. Like fire is kind of a hard thing to draw, and it looks really cool here. And it's cool. This fire isn't Kirby Crackle. It's very different. Yeah, it's, it's Guy Davis's own. So different. Yeah. yeah, I think I like that. And just like in general, I just like how he draws faces. I think everybody's expressions look really cool. Yes. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, I was gonna. I really love. There's so many in here. And again, Guy Davis is quickly becoming one of my absolute favorite comic book artists. Yeah. Over just a few we've we've now read of his. It's, yeah, he's awesome. It's unbelievable. I can't believe he's not in comics anymore. It's crazy. Um, I mean, it is a lot of work. I understand. What's he doing now instead? I don't know. I mean, our, our I one listener, he did that co- the cover. Right. In the, the back, we've done music, like music the, like, covers. Album. And I mean, he's done consulting stuff with Guillermo, but I don't know. It's crazy. Maybe yeah. he'll return again, you know, at some point. But, oh God, if I had to pick one, I mean, it's so hard with this issue. There's so much. It's just all beautiful and flows so well. Yeah. I think I'm going to take the one that's like in a, the one right after yours. Yeah, that one's awesome. Uh, the woo, after the woo, I love the build That's up. That's literally to what the I was whoosh. just looking at. The like cool, like him, the skull being like lit from the inside, like a fucking jack o' lantern with like the that's great. The like silhouetted teeth and stuff like that. Like that's it looks amazing. So cool. One above that where it's in pain, screaming. Yeah, ah! bones all falling apart. I love that. It's cool. Again, there's no point where I'm ever lost in Guy Davis's action or flow of story. Yeah. I don't even like the fucking three panel before she lights him up. Abe is pinned. Liz, do it. You see her still unsure if she should, but yeah. the flame's starting to come on in her hand. So she's she's hesitant, but she knows what she has to do. Yeah. Then now on that close-up, and then her just confidence. Yeah. Immediate turning on her confidence with her hand on and that glow on her hand. Yeah, I Before the some. whoosh. Ah, Damn. It's great. It's just a best way to point out the best panels to show what, what Guy Davis is doing well on every page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Honestly. When you know that he's doing great and there's really no flaws, it's like hard to point, call out what yeah, your favorite, your favorite. is. You're like, yeah. the whole damn thing. They're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is wonderful. We want to hear from you out there, your listeners, about your thoughts on Born Again. Let us know. You can email us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Also, anything off of this, Kate, that you would suggest to our listeners to read, watch, or enjoy that was inspired by this short story, Born Again, or this prologue. I just have Ghostbusters in my brain, too. Plus, like, Underground <laughs> Chicago made me think of it, too. That Even makes total it's sense like New to York, but it's like... I mean, I love Ghostbusters. I mean, 
they probably the movies don't hold together as well as you think they would these days. But Ghostbusters oh, two, I, know, I think, dude. is yeah. underrated. Truly, like not to not to like not to like incur the wrath of Ghostbuster hardcore fans, but like, yeah, they're fine movies. They're fine, and a lot of times it's just because we watch them as children that we love them. Yeah, like but there's cool shit in it. There's for cool sure. Shit. <laughs> I would rewatch. I would rewatch. Them. I'm like talking blasphemy right now. Like people are getting pissed. You know what? I would what? say Please. this is like very peripheral. Also because we were talking about witches, and because this brings up frogs. Um, practical Magic. Have I already recommended that? Yes, I might you have. Have is Practical Magic? Fucking love that is, movie, dude. Is it with Nicole Kidman and Sarah. You goddamn Nicole? right it is. <laughs> I hate that fucking movie. Oh my god! As a little kid, <laughs> I watched that movie so much. I would like in eighth grade, I would like watch it. I like rented it from the library and watch it like every day of the week. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh uh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. go back and rewatch it again. Oh, I've com- watched it recently, Dave. I still like it. <laughs> As a comedian, though, can you make fun of it and still like oh, it? Oh, yeah. I've, I watch, I think I... I now, oh my God, I'm like such an old woman repeating myself here, but I know that Jessica watched it with me and was like, this is kooky as shit. I can tell this is based on a book because it's so kooky uh, and stupid. Right. And a lot she of was right. Shit. I she mean, the death right. of the husband in the beginning's kooky. It's all kooky as hell. Dude. The rule of like her weird specifics about her, her, who her love would be like writing in backwards, uh-huh. having a star. Oh yeah. It's so fucking kooky. Kooky little old lady books. <laughs> That as an eighth grader really got me, hooked me good. Oh, that's so funny. Stupid. They feel like they're built for like, and this is maybe rude to say, but built for like middle-aged women that are That's not rude. That's just true. (laughs) That's just the truth. Uh, What's like another witch movie? There's cooler witch. I mean, there's the witch. There's witch. You're really stuck on witch off of those emails. I know. Because I don't have any good frog movies. I feel like there's no frogs in the story either. Yeah, there's (laughs) no frogs. It's just a creature underground. I'm thinking of, I don't, this, I don't know why this, for my suggestion, I'm going to an 80s movie that I actually loved as a kid. It probably doesn't hold up as well either, and it probably has maybe problem problematic stuff in it because I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah. But I'm a huge fan of it. You watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. You know the dad of the Lannister dad? Yeah. That actor's in this. I think he plays great villains. He's the villain in The Last Action Hero. He's the villain in this. He plays oh pretty much God, Satan. Oh, my God, he is. Or, yeah. His name is Charles Dance. He's a villain in a great movie starring Ed... Eddie Murphy called The Golden Child. Fucking love The Golden Child. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It scared the shit out of the part with the blood in the like porridge or whatever. He's oh, yeah, eating, it's so gross. That scared me for years. <laughs> it scared the it. shit out of me. I was like, ew, he's going to eat that. Like, yeah, that's so gross. I love The Golden Child. I know. It is so I haven't fun. seen it in a long time. I gotta, I would, I will we should rewatch it, it together. Yes, absolutely. I actually find it very entertaining. It's, I mean, th- that era of Eddie Murphy, he is so funny. Yeah, and they put him in like, and his comedy is so fun for those kind of like 80s action movies. In his movies. movies. I mean, his stand-up is certainly problematic oh, yeah. if you for go back and sh- oh, watch yeah. it. It's First two minutes, it's like, how many times can we say faggot? And like, yeah, and you're you like, know. yikes. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, sorry to sorry to drop that F-bomb here, too. But I feel like you have the I can, yeah. <laughs> I can There's say one person it. here, you can say it. <laughs> I'm daring you to say it, I'm James. Not. Uh, Just, you, but then, you know, like... That aside, no. as a movie actor, I think that 
Uh, he really shines. Yeah, he's very funny. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm sure, I feel like he's come around. He's only made family movies at this point for like years and years. Like sure. I think he's he like regrets changed. doing a lot of his like, or maybe not regrets, but he's just grown. Yeah, it's just a different person. That now. just that's happens. We all grow. I mean, God, there's shit that I did. I would that I probably have forgotten that I've done, and I'm like, oh boy. I mean, oh, I, did, I did shit today that I'm embarrassed about. <laughs> but what made me mainly think of it is like that, like when he that demon came back to life and he sort of looked like a demon. I don't know what he is yet. We don't know. But him saying Shaoxian, it made me think of Golden Child because I think they say names like there's like because they go to like Asia. I, I'm wrong. I'm sorry if it's not Asia. I think it's China they go to, but there's monks and everything. Cool. And then they're like. There's one point where the villain, the actor Charles Dance, shows his like f- form at the end. He becomes a big monster. That's right. And he chases them down. So just remember, remind me of that. God a lot. damn, them. so scary. So everybody, if you haven't watched it, give it a try. The ch- the Golden Child, Eddie Murphy. I love the I love the old poster because it's just him and it says Eddie Murphy is the chosen one. I mean, that poster really shows you what a draw Eddie Murphy was. Yeah, he's the, the Golden only Child thing. is like written. The title is written small mm. in the middle, and then Eddie Murphy's image is enormous. And it's a great old illustration. Like it's like an illustration of it, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, that looks amazing. <laughs> that looks like a Drew Struzan poster. I wonder if that's what that is. It could easily be a Drew Struzan. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have I to bet. look that it's up. It's definitely like that style. If it's not him, you know what? It also makes me think of the the hallway monster from Hellraiser. Ooh, I don't Do know. Do you that. remember what I'm talking? Uh, she like opens the door. It's not any of the Cenobites. Is it the first one? Uh, yes. Because I've never seen yes. the second one, and I think that has the more. The second of the one monsters. like rehashes the first one. Oh, it's really? weird. Yeah, like the beginning is like you kind of see some of the shit from. The okay. First. Yeah, it's like she opens a door, and it's not any of the like main Cenobites, but it's this like creature that's like suspended from the ceiling that like starts like running at her. And it has like a big, crazy, chompy mouth like this thing. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's nasty looking. It's when she first goes into that hall, like when she first discovers it. Yeah. Or like it's either that, that or it's like a nightmare. Movie. I have to go back and re, uh, rewatch actually, it. Actually, I really like Hellraiser. If you guys Love haven't seen Hellraiser, it, it's actually dude. very good. Hellraiser 1 and 2. And it's so quotable. Like that guy says the craziest shit. Like no tears. It is a waste of perfectly good suffering. Like he's got like all this crazy shit. I love it. Pain and pleasure, indivisible, like all kinds of cool shit. Love it. I That's could say well, I got a couple. I got great, a couple. I love it. <laughs> um, great. So hell, we have good, those are good suggestions. Unless yeah. you got any more, I don't. Mine are always movies. So fuck. I mean, um, yeah. I'm well, illiterate. That's, that's it. Just a reminder to all our listeners, you can follow us. Instagram, of course, Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast. Yeah. Twitter, Aw Crap Hellboy. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever um, platform you use to listen to the podcast. If you are on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a five-star rating and then give us a review in addition to that, that starts with the word boom, we will read your review out loud right here on the podcast <laughs> and give you shout out and praise you. And praise I, you highly. Highly, highly. And we just want to remind you that we're going to be streaming our play and record of the podcast when we play Hellboy the board game on May 18th. Um, I believe that will be around noon yeah. um, Pacific Standard Time, but we'll definitely, that time might change slightly, um, just like by 30 minutes or so. But just 
If you want to join us for that and watch us record the podcast live and play the board game, join us on May 18th. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. And there's a giveaway coming soon. Yes. We're saying soon just because we got to work out the details on how we're going to do our giveaway. Yeah. But please stay tuned. We'll announce it here as well as on the Instagram and the Twitter and all that. Yeah. It's going to be some cool shit. Yeah. We're very excited for that. Yeah. But before we get out of here, we need this week's. Hashtag right hand of draw prompt. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be, it's, I'm giving like a kind of a vague one. Hellboy, Hellboy slash BPRD is late. So it's very vague, like interpret it however you want, like Hellboy in a taxi chasing that cab or like, you know, the Rogers alarm doesn't go off and that he's got to Yeah. He's just snoozing <laughs> through his alarm clock or something like that. Can I think, can I tell you what I immediately, cause I yeah. like just pitching you what I would draw if yeah, I was a good that's artist. Great. I immediately thought of Hellboy, either a version of Hellboy where he's dressed up or he's just a mashup with the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland saying I'm late. Oh, like a big ass pocket watch. <laughs> yeah. He's saying I'm late. I'm late. I'm running late. And that going. is a perfectly legitimate interpretation. <laughs> I can't wait to see the drawing version. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's for all our listeners that would love to participate in this segment, the right yeah. hand of draw. It is all for online, of course. If you do draw a picture for this any week prior or this week. Yeah, any of them, if they inspire you, feel free to do them. Yeah, at any time. There's yeah. no deadline for any of this stuff. We just like to uh-uh. look at your art. Yeah. And we want to try to inspire you to draw stuff. Like we've had such cool drawings come in, like, you know, and if you think that you aren't that good at drawing, but you're like, Oh, this, uh, this inspires me to make this. Like, I bet you're a lot better than you think you are. And yeah, just do it. I would love to see it no matter what. Hell yeah. yeah. And when you do that, post it, put the hashtag right hand of draw as well as tag us. And we'll, repost your picture because we want our followers to see your art and lead them to follow you and see your art. And hopefully that leads to great more art that you get to create or work yeah. or whatever. If we can be a small little inch in your progress. Fuck yeah, yeah. Honestly. So that's why we do this. That'd be we, cool. Cause as Kate says, and I will never say it, but it will happen at the end <laughs> in just a moment. We thank you again for listening See you next week, and we love you. <laughs> testing one, two, three. I'm Dave. Testing, testing. I'm Kate. Wow. You really know how to play. You really know how to play pattern well. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I'm Benji, and we're the co-hosts of Rated PG. We have three boys, and to keep ourselves from going totally insane, we started a podcast to talk about the crazy stuff they watch all the time. Join us every Wednesday as we dive into the movie that's about to push us over the edge. And Friday, you get a dose of what we're dealing with with Nate's Take. Listen on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.